something inside me broke. And I don't know how to describe it in any way except to say I went from feeling like kind of invincible to feeling like I was the tiniest little ant on the sidewalk and people were walking all around and at any moment I was going to get stepped on. I just just felt the fragility of life in a way that I never had before. And my sister was gone and I had no way to resolve that. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. My next guest is a professional genetic genealogist by day, a writer by night, and an artist in between. Her love of what we can learn from history compels her to write the true stories she unearths doing research, and she's found that truth is indeed much more exciting and inspiring than fiction. She writes about family, faith, grief, art, and overcoming obstacles in life by coming to know who we truly are, children of God, and the descendants of remarkable people who paved the way before us, even if they really struggled. She believes in learning from our ancestors, honoring them, and then standing on their shoulders to become someone even better. As an award-winning artist and author of professional articles and poems, she's turned to novel writing to share what she knows with a greater audience. I am pleased to present Wendy Wilson Spooner. Wendy, are you ready to share your story of hope? I am, and I'm so happy to be here with you, Tamara. Oh, this is so, this is going to be such a great podcast, first of all, because Wendy and I have known each other for quite a while now. We we went to a, an author's retreat this past summer together and just became quick friends. And I am so excited that her book has launched and I can't wait for her to tell you about it. But before we start talking about your book, we'll just tease them a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what most people don't know about you is that you did a lot of art in school. I did. Actually, I. if there was one thing that I was born with, it was um, some type of art ability. From as far back as I can remember, I have been painting and drawing and with my mother's encouragement, I've been entered into contests. And as I became older, I became an art major in school, but then other things became more important. But I've always had my hand in art in some way, including owning a wedding cake company. Oh my gosh. Which for me was art <laughs> in frosting and the sky's the limit with frosting and art. Oh my goodness. Yes. And and okay. Okay. We can't probably dangle this before people the entire podcast episode, but just give us a taste of your book and how art is related to your book since we're on the topic of art. Oh, definitely. So my book is Dual Timeline. The historical chapters are the true story of a an epic immigration story from Ireland. But the present day character who is his 
descendant five generations later mm-hmm. is a 15 year old gifted artist who is suffering from debilitating grief and mm-hmm. it's affecting the trajectory of her art career and she's hoping to get into the university of london but she's completely stalled mm. wow and tell us the name of it once upon an irish summer oh my gosh you guys if you want to read a fun story and we'll talk more about it at the end um but go order this book right now because you will absolutely love it historical fiction i mean what's cool is this this character in there was your great fifth great grandfather something like that in the historical chapters this was the family of my third great grandfather oh, and it man. was the oldest son who left ireland alone to find a way to save his family wow Oh, that must have been fun to research. It was <laughs> for years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Wendy, besides being an amazing artist, you have quite the gift doing family history research. And I guess one of the things we don't even mention is that, or we haven't mentioned yet, is that you are involved with the Daughters of the American Revolution. <laughs> I am. And interestingly enough, it was art. That led to the national uh, position I hold right now because the Daughters of the American Revolution is a lineage society. So every professional genealogist that you know that is a woman is going to be a member of this society because of the service they provide this nation, but also because it is quite a challenge to prove your lineage back to a patriot of the Revolutionary War. So it's wow. it's this cool challenge for a genealogist, but mm-hmm. also we love this country. Mm-hmm. And so every year, um, Daughters of the American Revolution holds what's called the American Heritage Contest. And under the category of art and sculpture, there are 13 subcategories wow. that you can enter artwork under. But aside from art and sculpture, there are five other categories like fiber arts and quilting and music and literature. Wow. So all of these entries across the nation pour into the vice chair's homes like my house right now once a year. And then the judging takes place in February and then the winner's Entries go on display in Washington, D.C. at Continental Congress every June. Wow. So I won first place with the painting, and that was in 2018. And then the National Regent um, Office um, had a new regent, and she contacted me and asked me to be vice chair over art and sculpture. Wow. Which is quite an honor because only 2% of all the members of the DAR will ever hold a national position. Wow. So I was very honored. Congratulations. Thank you. That's fun. So she has this uh, historical ability and also connections to the United States of America. That's pretty neat. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we're going to have fun diving into your story today, though, because it tells us a little bit about you and your history. (laughs) Yes, and we all have a history. (laughs) Oh, we do. And sometimes they're not as fun as we wish they were, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So why don't you take us back and tell us about your teenage years that you wish looked differently than they did? Yes. So I grew up in a truly wonderful family, but 
some tragic experiences happened to us and within us um, as a family that knocked several of us just into a different orbit of, um, oh gosh, just tragic trauma. Mm. And um, my brother, I only have one brother, mm-hmm. has been my best friend since the day I was born. Aww. And he's five years older than me. So it's um, a unique friendship between a brother and sister because we are five years apart. Mm-hmm. But so when I was 13 years old, he left to serve a mission for our church. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't very attached to the rest of my family because we we really had attachment problems because of the serious trauma that took place in our family, which nobody ever got therapy for. Mm-hmm. There wasn't ever really any resolve found at that time. And so when my brother left, it was like, my lifeline left, my anchor left. And so I turned outside of my home basically to replace my best friend. Mm. And because of how I felt about myself and just how I felt inside in general, I didn't attract the best friends. Mm. And that's kind of how it goes. Mm -hmm. And so with the kind of friends I chose, um, I just got in a lot of trouble and I lost sight of the things that are really important, like thinking about your future your grades, how are these decisions going to affect me or my Mm. family or anyone? I just lost all sense of that. And that was a couple of years where I really, really, really struggled. But I remember a turning point. Tell me about it. I was in my bedroom and I had another awful day with my family. And I was staring out my window, just kind of loathing the world, hating my family. And a thought came into my mind and my heart and I happened to be looking at the sky and it was beautiful. And I can remember this day. And the thought that came into my heart was you are right where you belong with the people you're supposed to be with. And it's going to be okay. Mm. And a switch switched inside of me at that moment. And it was kind of this glimmer of hope, like really Mm. these people that I can't stand to be with, I'm supposed to be with them. Mm. That okay, maybe this means something. And it wasn't too long after that that my brother came home. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of um not smooth sailing from there, but it but it was just this spark of hope, like, you know what? There's this there's something better, and it's gotta start with me. Ooh. I stopped blaming my family. You realized that you could also impact yes. these dynamics that were going on yes. around you. Yes, in my teenage brain, and for a lot of teenagers, you just have to develop that insight of, oh, the things I do actually do matter. Mm-hmm. They do impact the people around me, because that's not how a lot of teenagers think, and I certainly didn't. No. And so we might even call it divine intervention. <laughs> I, well, looking back, it absolutely was. Like the prayers of my parents, the prayers of my brother, Mm. the prayers of people that really cared about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reaching out and helping uh, you have an aha moment almost. Yes. Yeah. That's, that is particularly powerful. Now, after this aha moment, like you said, it wasn't all smooth sailing. In fact, you had a very, another traumatic experience happen with your sister. Yes. So when I was 20, 
years old. I was a newlywed and my oldest sister, who's seven years older than me, she's the oldest child in our family, she had been struggling for years. She was either physically ill or mentally ill over and over. It just seemed to be a cycle of this. And she was in and out of hospitals and um, she had been saying, you know, if I can't figure things out for myself with this new therapist or this time around in the hospital, she said, I'm, I'm just done. I just, I just don't want to be here anymore. She was tired. And I, at the time, I just remember thinking or saying, no, you're, you're going to be okay. You are, you know, just not even believing what I was hearing because mm -hmm. it's just not something you can even fathom. But it was very, it was a very short time after that, that I got a call at six o'clock in the morning and my sister had taken her life. And at that time in my life, something inside me broke. And I don't know how to describe it in any way except to say I went from feeling like kind of invincible to feeling like I was the tiniest little ant on the sidewalk and people were walking all around and at any moment I was going to get stepped on. I wow. just, just felt the fragility of life in a way that I never had before. And my sister was gone and I had no way to resolve that. Oh my goodness gracious. So how were you able to progress and move on and heal from that? I mean, I know it wasn't immediate. No, it was so not immediate that it took me 30 years. Oh my goodness, Wendy. But um, two years ago, I had an unbelievably profound experience with my sister. Really? Yes. And I, there were many times throughout that 30 year time period where I would pray and say, you know, Heavenly Father, take care of my sister. Mm. Bless her to be able to progress on the other side or mm -hmm. just things like that. But I also had, she never liked me. Um, we always butted heads. I just kind of tried to stay out of her way. She was really <laughs> scary to me. Uh -huh. And so I also just had this emptiness within me. And I talked to a friend who is a very interesting type of healer. And she talked to me about some things. Um, and I went to visit her and the kind of therapist she is, is really different. She's called an energy healer. And with her, I was able to um, tap into the power of the atonement in Jesus Christ in a way that I didn't even know was possible. And I was able to process all of the unanswered questions with my sister as if she were there with me. Wow. And I went from feeling a dark, empty hole to now when I think of her, I only see sparkly light and feel sparkly light. Wow. And in that 30-year time period, I never wanted to go to her grave. I just wanted to avoid having to think about something that I didn't know how to fix because she was gone. And after I had this experience with my sister, um, really on the other side, it was very interesting. 
I couldn't wait to go to her grave. Wow. And so after 30 years, I went and picked the prettiest flowers I could find. And I went and found this plaque that said, when somebody you love becomes a memory, that memory becomes a treasure. And I took it and I left it on her grave and I just sat there for the first time. I was just with her and thought about her. And it was so healing and she needed that. Mm-hmm. She needed me to forgive her. It, it's really hard when somebody ends their life and the people that are left and left behind have to try to process it. But truly, Jesus Christ atoned for everything. And if we believe in him and we trust in him, we don't have to wait until we die to see a loved one. Mm. Wow. That is that is beautiful and powerful. And it is amazing that healing power of Jesus Christ, you know, that it, it isn't just sins, it's other things, it's those hurts, even that other people have inflicted upon us. Yes. Um, or burdens that we carry that that he can help us heal from. And that's that's powerful. And what an amazing thing that you had. That you learned probably the hard way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I think that's the only way you learn that principle is is by experiencing it and having him just take it away. And all of a sudden it was gone, right? It was truly gone, replaced with just love and light. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is so, so beautiful. So what what is a lesson that you learned from these experiences that, that you've shared so far about family and life and all that? Just persevere. Never give up. Believe that things can change no matter what. Mm. Because they can. Especially if you're the one that's determined to make the change. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I like that message of don't give up. You know, I think so often we, it's hard when we're in a dark place to be able to picture that it will get better. And so having that faith and belief that it can and will with God's help. Yes. Right. Because often by ourselves, we we can't fix it all. (laughs) Yes. And we all know that saying about The only way to get through something is to go through it. And often that through part is the dark place. Yeah. But you just have to believe that the light is on the other side. Yeah. So keep believing that the light will turn on, that that winter will turn into spring. Yes. Right? And and the the ice and snow will thaw. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, there's there's a lot of symbolism in the seasons, I think, that we can learn from. That's awesome. Now, um, one of the things that you encounter as a genealogist is family lines that have probably nasty secrets that people have shoved into their closets. Yes. <laughs> and don't want people to know about. Um, tell me what you have learned about all of that as you research family lines? Well, every family, first of all, has skeletons in the closet. Um, No family is perfect, and that's okay. Mm. And I think one of the tough things that families experience is if something bad happens, pretend it didn't happen. 
Mm-hmm. Don't talk about it. And I think every generation gets a little bit better, which is, I think, what the previous generations really want for us. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about living today, even though we have a lot of problems, mm-hmm. is tolerance is a little better. Um, people are talking more about things that are hard instead of pretending like the previous generations went through a lot of pretense. Mm-hmm. Let's just pretend everything's fine when mm-hmm. it's really not. Mm-hmm. And so I, I see a lot of healing in my profession because I am a genetic genealogist mm-hmm. and my clients are adoptees or those with unknown parentage. So I find the biological families of my clients and I am so happy to say that reunions with biological families are 80, 90% positive. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that it's not a happy ending for one of my clients. They're usually accepted with open arms and often um, they are told, we wish you would have found us sooner. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So several lessons there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody has problems. It's okay to talk about them. (laughs) Talk about your problems. (laughs) And and I, and I have seen that, that, that truth in, even in my family, you know, and in Mm -hmm. my husband's family, as you go back generations, that some things that you just didn't talk about before, it's okay to talk about now, you know, and, um, and so that is very comforting yes. to know that we are becoming okay with talking about, okay, you have a child with a disability. Let's just throw that out in the open because I do. I yes. have two on the you, You're the perfect spectrum. example of rising above. And whereas that was not okay to talk about, you yeah. know, 40, 50 years ago. Right. It was like, oh, don't tell anybody, you know? Yes. And, and now it's like, it's okay. It's, it is. It's okay to talk about it. Well, it's, and even... Even not just talking about it, but look at all the people that you are inspiring because you are talking about it. Yeah. And that's how we connect with each other. Yeah. Well, and and I think that's the other message is that you mentioned that all of us have skeletons in our closet in the past, but in currently, you know, in today's day, we we all have none of our (laughs) surf perfect. Sorry if anybody thinks they are. (laughs) (laughs) Or you probably think your neighbor is, but really they're yeah. not. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's amazing. Um, and and so that that's really cool. Um, one of the things we were talking about before we started the show was that um, even as we look back, like in the history of the Bible, people did not come from perfect families. <laughs> no. And, and sometimes in the Bible, they're pretty blatant about, okay, this totally messed up. Yeah. You know, these people <laughs> did bad things. The and- Old Testament was particularly <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh my goodness. But why don't you share with me what you said about even Jesus Christ having an imperfect lineage? Yeah. So if we... If you ever find yourself just thinking, oh, my family drives me crazy or my family's not perfect and everyone around me is perfect. First of all, that's the farthest thing from the truth. And go back to the scriptures and read the lineage of this son of God, his earthly lineage, Mm -hmm. because he was born through King David, Mm -hmm. who had 
the husband of Bathsheba killed so that he could marry her. And then she had no choice to marry him and then became the mother of Solomon. And um, Christ is also descended from Ruth, as in Ruth and Naomi, through Ruth's second husband, who was Boaz. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Ruth married Boaz, and Boaz was the son of Rahab, Mm -hmm. the harlot. So you have all of these interesting scenarios in Christ's family tree, and that's only the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. If you really go and search and study his lineage, he came from a family that is as messy as all of the rest of us. (laughs) But he came to show us the way in our families individually but we're all in this together because just like we have we are the family of god we're also the human family on this earth and we're here to help each other home Mm, yeah and and you know what's interesting about that is is i've met some people who who don't claim their family is their family they have friends that fill the role of family yes and you know what That just happens sometimes. That can work too. Yeah, absolutely. That's just a family you choose. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's, it's pretty amazing. So, oh, what a powerful lesson that is. Um, We are going to take a quick break, but when we get back, would you mind sharing with us a few more tips and then maybe we can dive into your story a little bit more of your book that you wrote. Okay. Sounds good. How many of you out there feel like your life is chaotic, crazy, and completely awful compared to the norm? What if I were to tell you that you are normal for you? I am so excited to announce that my book, Normal For Me by Tamara K. Anderson is now available for purchase on Amazon. This book took me 10 years to write and I share 20 years worth of lessons learned in my life detours, including being in a car accident and having two of my children diagnosed on the autism spectrum. In this book, I share the secrets of how I made it from despair to peace with God's help. I also include a bonus diagnosis survival guide at the very end of my Normal For Me book. The diagnosis survival guide includes 12 tips to survive and thrive in tough times. Wouldn't you like to know what those are? So what are you waiting for? Grab your copy of Normal For Me today on Amazon. And we're back. I'm interviewing Wendy Wilson Spooner about not only the challenges she's faced in her lives, but also we've been talking a little bit about genealogy and family lines and how those don't always look as perfect as we would like. <laughs> so actually, let's kind of build on that and talk a little bit about you working with families where children have been adopted and the whole nature versus nurtured debate. Do you mind addressing that? I would love to address that. So, yes, if we are born into a family with at least one biological parent, we probably know something at least about our grandparents. Mm -hmm. That's typical. Um, Often we even know things about our grandparents. And in some families, people even have a father and a mother 
biologically an intact family, and they know a whole lot about their family back to their great-grandparents and sometimes even their great-great-grandparents. So let's talk about a a scenario with if you're an adoptee. Mm -hmm. So whatever your family looks like, you may have one or two parents and you may or may not have grandparents, but it's so important to know that nature is just as powerful as nurture. And people can argue about this all day long, mm-hmm. but this it really comes down to this fact. They're both extremely powerful influences in our lives. And if you're an adoptee, your parents, of course, um, have a great effect on you. I look at my niece and my sister-in-law, Emily and Carmen, my niece Emily is so much like Carmen. It's hilarious. And I she was adopted. Them. Yes, Emily was adopted. And if you think about Carmen's parents, they, of course, I know Carmen's mother really well mm-hmm. and her father. They, of course, have had a huge influence on Emily. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing biological there. And then um, the great grandparents in that family. Well, they influenced the grandparents and they influenced Emily's mother. Mm-hmm. And so generations back, you're still going to have the nurture influence just as much as the biological. Mm. So you claim your lineage, whatever it looks like. Mm. That's a beautiful way to look at that. And I think it's powerful to know that whatever your family looks like, they they can influence you, you know, whether Absolutely. it's one that you think is absolutely nuts. And maybe you're totally different than they are because of their choices, right? Yes. Uh, Because I've seen that happen in several friends' families that, oh, they're like, I don't know how I turned out the way I did because my family is crazy. (laughs) But, um, but, But that's okay. But then there's other families where, like you say, a child's adopted and they totally fit in that family. You know, you wouldn't know any different. And, And it's amazing how that I think God is like a master artist. I'm just going to tie it all together here. (laughs) And and he's doing little brush strokes here and there. And maybe we don't see the whole picture at the beginning, but, but he's got it all figured out. He does. Don't you think? Absolutely. We can trust that 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to blend, uh, Wendy's also an artist. And so we're going to blend all this together. (laughs) Not, I don't know as much about art as you do, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's beautiful. Oh my goodness. Well, that is beautiful. So you've given the tip of um, just enjoying and embracing your family for who they are. Yes. That's beautiful. Are there any other tips you would give to adoptees? Um, We each make our place in this world. So if you feel like you don't belong That is up to you no matter where you are, Mm. no matter what your family looks like. You decide how and where you're going to belong and decide that you're going to make a difference in this world and have a positive impact and figure out what that is Mm. because everybody has gifts and everyone has talents. Just figure out what they are and make a positive impact wherever you are. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Wow. Well, we're going to totally shift gears if that's okay. Sure. Do you mind if we dive into your book a little bit more? I would love to. Once Upon an Irish Summer. And you said this is the story of your great, great, great grandfather's family. Yes. And him leaving Ireland 
And you had to go back to Ireland and do some research before you were able to write this book. Tell me what it was like to go to your family's homeland. Well, okay, there were there were some records here because of this family's this family's oldest son when he was 18. He left Ireland and crossed the Atlantic alone to find a way to save his family. Because this is the time of the potato famine? No, this was before the potato famine. So this was just after the huge Irish rebellion around 1800. Okay. And the English were coming down hard on the Irish with tax laws and laws that just kept constricting and constricting how they could make a living, which affected the farmers, it affected the food supply, and everybody was in a really, really tough place. So people started leaving Ireland, mm. and, and there have been many exoduses from Ireland. The potato famine was a huge one, but this one was pretty big too. So this young man left in 1817. Mm-hmm. That was the year. And um, when he came to America, he, he journeyed through antebellum, America trying to find how he was going to make the success of himself. And so he left 15 boxes of manuscripts, which are called the Hamilton Papers, which survive today. And that's just one of the archives that he left behind because of who he became. Wow. But in Ireland, of course, we wanted to see where he came from. Mm -hmm. And so I took a trip with my husband and my parents, and we went to this little town called Irvinstown. Mm -hmm. And it's adjacent to this larger city called Enniskillen and Enniskillen Castle. And this family is very connected to that whole area. And they're also connected to County Donegal, which is out on the West Coast. And we connected with a distant cousin who took us to the graves of our ancestors. Oh, wow. In this seaside cemetery with this little crumbling stone church that had been there for a thousand years. Oh, my gosh. In the middle of the cemetery. And then she took us for a drive up the coast a little ways. And we came to the gates of an estate. And it was the still intact estate of this family, connected to this family. And it was vacant at the time. And in her perfect Irish accent, which I'm terrible at, so I won't attempt, she said, (laughs) I'm sure if you wanted to hop the wall, no one would bother you. (laughs) And we couldn't get out of the car fast enough. And so my mom was 77 at the time. And she made sure she got over that wall. My husband and I got her over the wall. And just imagine yourself exploring a Jane Austen estate. Oh, my goodness. With a manor house, a carriage house, the servants' quarters, and wooded grounds that went for miles. Oh, my goodness. It was incredible. And that estate is in the book. Oh, and you were able to describe it. Oh, gosh. I can almost taste it. I want to eat it so bad. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to devour your book is what I'm going to do. I've already, yeah, it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Well, that gives us enough of a little taste to want to read Irish Summer. So tell us where we can order the book. You can order it on Amazon and you can find it in Barnes and Noble. You can find it in many bookstores and online. 
Very good. Oh, thank you, Wendy. So before we go, why don't we talk about a few things? Let's talk, first of all, about a uh, maybe some of the resources you would um, recommend to people that are struggling, maybe not just, maybe with family issues or maybe not with family issues, people that are just struggling in general. What would you recommend? Well, the number one source that I would recommend, and there is no greater source than this one is to turn to God Mm. and search his words in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I would love to share my favorite scripture with you. Oh, please. That's okay. Love to. It is in James chapter four, verse eight. And it's very simple. It just says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And how do we draw near to God? We search his words and then we talk to him. We pray and he will talk back to us. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. What is the best way you have found in your own personal life to be able to hear him? Because I know sometimes the, the, the buzzing of technology and all that is just so loud around us. What, what do you do personally to find a space where it's quiet enough for you to hear God talking back? Well, it's interesting how we're all so different in that way. Yeah. So I, I am given um, just splinters of thoughts throughout my day. If I start my day with prayer and I connect to God, he's going to talk to me all day long. Mm-hmm. And they come in flashes of thoughts, things I need to do, people I need to contact, um, ideas that I need to work with more that he's given me previously. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just all throughout the day. As long as I'm making good choices in what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, the, my own thoughts in my head, it's almost like you can choose to stay on the frequency that God talks to you. Oh, I love that. And mm-hmm. that's just by our simple choices we make all day. Oh, I love. So stay on the frequency. Once you, so start your day off right. Yes. Kind of tune your radio. Tune that knob <laughs> to that frequency. And then have it stay on that frequency all day. Yes. And pay attention to those uh, thoughts and ideas that come into your brain. Oh, I love that. That is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now, Wendy, there's going to be people that are listening to this podcast who have just really resonated with your story Maybe they want to connect with you because they're an adoptee looking to find their parentage. Um, but how how do people connect with you? How do they find you on social media, website, all of that? Why don't you share that with us? On social media, you can connect with me on either of my Facebook pages. So I have author Wendy Wilson Spooner. Or you can connect with me on my personal Facebook page, which is Wendy Wilson Spooner. Or you can go to either of my websites, knowmyroots.com is my genetic genealogy website, and wendywilsonspooner.com is my author website. Oh, that's awesome. And and you do want to connect with her because she gives fantastic giveaways. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love to give so away why don't, my why don't favorite you, things. We'll just tempt them a little bit. Tell us, especially with this being um, big Daughters of the American Revolution, you know, you're involved with them. Tell us some of the things that you have found that you love to give away to your followers. Well, this is the 100th anniversary 
of the suffragettes and women gaining the vote in America. And this is a huge celebratory year with Daughters of the American Revolution, but all across this nation, it's happening. We are just celebrating as women our right to vote, just a very basic right. And I revere good men. There are so many incredible men in this world, including my dad and my brother, who mm -hmm. couldn't be better men. And let's all remember that God and Jesus Christ are men, mm -hmm. and they are our greatest supporters. And I'm only saying this because the suffragette movement was to gain women's rights, but let's not put down men in the process. Mm. Let's celebrate the good men as well. And so anyway, some of the giveaways I'm giving this year, I found some really fun things. So what the first thing I gave away a couple months ago was this beautiful Susan B. Anthony bookmark. Not just any bookmark. It was finished in antique silver and it had this gorgeous antique picture under glass of Susan B. Anthony's portrait. Oh my word. And I was so excited for the person that won it. Another giveaway, which is a original issue, 1936, Susan B. Anthony stamp with the matching silver ingot. And oh if you don't gosh. know what that is, Google it. Because it's like, it's a matching stamp, but it's made out of pure silver. Oh. And it's just beautiful. Where do you find these things? Seriously. I just have my ways. I <laughs> she has connections. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. And where do you do these giveaways so people can get in on this? I do them mainly on my author, Wendy Wilson Spooner Facebook page. Okay. So if you give my page a like, you'll be able to see all the excitement that goes on on my page. Also go like Wendy's Facebook page. Yes. And then you can get in on these awesome, fun, celebratory uh, giveaways that she's doing. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. <laughs> wow. Well, Wendy, this has been such a treat and we've kind of run the gamut of, uh, <laughs> talking about your, your personal history, about your family history in Ireland. We've talked about adoption we've talked about Jesus Christ and his healing power. It's been just an awesome, amazing interview. Wow. I, we just feel so blessed to have had you on today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story and for giving us hope that even if our family history looks a little odd, it's okay. And we can overcome and be whoever we want to be. Exactly. Oh, are there any final words you want to share with us before we sign off? Just be you and Find out what God has stored for you and go and change the world. Oh, I can't say anything better than that. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Tama. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. I know that there are many of you out there that are going through a hard time, and I hope you found things that have been useful today as you listen to the podcast. If you would like to access the show notes from today's podcast, visit my website. It is storiesofhopepodcast.com. That is where you'll find favorite quotes from today's episode and shareable memes. And those are fun because you can share them with your friends on social media. You will also find the links mentioned throughout today's episode so you don't have to remember what those were. 
and also all the tips that were shared. Sometimes tips are shared so much throughout an episode, you forget what were those great things. So go to the show notes, storiesofhopepodcast.com to look up these fantastic resources. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a tip that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this episode with them. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help bear that burden. Above all else, remember God loves you.